how our service is going to look tonight is I've prepared a two-part message. And the first part, I'm going to talk about the joy of baptism right here, right now. And then we'll um, actually watch Landon be baptized. And then we'll sing some more songs, dismiss the kids. And uh, then I'll have part two of the message, which is sharing joy. But let me just take a couple of minutes right now to share about the joy of baptism. At the beginning of the Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, we see Jesus himself being baptized. So let me read you a summary of it from the Jesus Storybook Bible. God sent John to tell his people something important. Stop running away from God and run to him instead, John said. You need to be rescued. I have good news. The rescuer is coming. Make your hearts ready for him. Yes, get ready because your king is coming back for you. Great crowds listened to John. They were sorry they had sinned and they wanted to stop running away from God. They wanted to be rescued. So John baptized them, which means he plunged them in and out of the water. It showed that they wanted to follow God and begin a new life. One day John was baptizing people in the Jordan River as usual when he looked up and saw a man walking down to the water's edge. God spoke quietly to John, this is the one. John's heart leapt. This was the moment he'd been waiting for all his life. Look, John said as Jesus came down into the water, but his voice came out as a whisper. He couldn't make it any louder. It was all he could do to even speak. The Lamb of God, God's best Lamb, who takes away the sins of the whole world. Will you baptize me too, Jesus asked. Who am I, John asked, to baptize you? It's what God wants me to do, Jesus said. So John baptized Jesus. Suddenly, it was as if someone had drawn back curtains in a dark room, as if heaven itself had opened because a beautiful light broke through the cloud and shone down onto Jesus, bathing him in gold. Beads of water glittered and sparkled like tiny diamonds in his hair. A white dove flew down and gently rested on Jesus, and a voice came down from heaven. It was clear and strong and loud, so everyone could hear, This is my own son, and I love him. I am very pleased with him, God said. Listen to him. Heaven had broken through. The great rescue had begun. Friends, baptism is an exciting next step of faith. That's an incredible experience for everyone that's involved, not just the person being baptized. As we just read, Jesus himself was baptized, and he did that because he trusted God. He had this intimacy with his father, and he knew that this is what God wanted him to do. And not only did Jesus experience the joy of baptism, but everyone else who was around got to experience the joy of it as well, including John the Baptist, who's saying, who am I to get to do this? Exciting things were happening. People could feel it in the air, kind of like what we're feeling here tonight. Like there's just this energy and excitement to actually witness what's about to happen. You see, baptism is an outward expression of an inward transformation. Things are going on in the inside that we, we can't always express, but this is a way that we can, we can show people that I love Jesus and I'm committing my life to following him. And that's why it's so exciting for us to get to be part of it, because we get to be part of what's going on in someone's heart. Because baptism isn't just 
for you. It's for the whole church. Let's face it, years from now, you are not going to remember what I said. Like, probably any of it. (laughs) But you will remember that an eight-year-old boy got up and stood in this tub and said, I am choosing to follow Jesus. That will be imprinted on your hearts. Friends, we all need to see baptisms so that our faith can be encouraged. And so we're regularly brought back to the cross where Jesus not only died for our sins, but he's alive and he's with us now, today, and forever. This is the joy of baptism. But not only are we told to be baptized ourselves as followers of Jesus, Jesus also tells us to go out and baptize others. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he left us with this command. He said, go. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why even our mission at the well is to make Jesus known so that lives and communities are transformed. And our vision is to connect, grow, give, go. Because it's not just about coming and gathering. It's, it's also about going to where God's placed you in the world and making him known. Jesus is not a secret to be kept. Jesus offers us new life right here and now and eternal life with him forever. So why wouldn't we want to share this with everyone we know? But let me just make one thing clear. Baptism is not what saves you. Jesus is who saves you. And you can have a relationship with him starting today by you simply invite him into your heart. You ask for forgiveness. You believe that, yes, you are the Son of God, and you make him Lord of your life. You prioritize him as number one, and you simply begin following him day by day. So why do we get baptized? Well, first, Jesus wants us to. After Jesus was raised back to life, he told his followers to tell others about him, to baptize people who are also followers of Jesus. Secondly, it's a way for us to tell others that we love and follow Jesus It's that outward expression of the inner transformation. And it doesn't make us followers of Jesus, but it tells others that, hey, we've decided in our hearts and our minds to love and follow him. And then third, it's a way to rejoice. And it's a way to be joyful for what God has done. It's a celebration of new life. When we go under the water, we're showing the world that we're dying with Christ to our old selves. And when we're brought back up out of the water, we're raised with Christ into new life. We're washed clean. But it all begins with following Jesus. So I invite you to turn your attention to the screen to hear how Jesus has been at work in Landon's life. My name is Landon Bernie, and today I'm getting baptized. I want to show people that I follow Jesus. When I was five years old, I asked Jesus into my heart. Um, when I asked Jesus into my heart, I was with my mom. She was reading the Bible with me, and something about that made me want to ask Jesus in my heart. Do you remember when you were like three years old, you had a praying tree? Oh yeah, that tree in the front yard. I prayed. I felt
now that I have a relationship with Jesus, I pray more, I, I read the Bible more often, and I try to live how Jesus wants me to. The Action Bible, I bought it for Christmas, and ever since we've had it, I've loved to read it every night. My favorite Bible story is David and Goliath. I like how he, the kid finds rocks and he has a slingshot and then, in, and then in, with three rocks he knocks down the giant because God was with him. I like going to kids church. We play lots of games there. I always like the time when we do most learning about Jesus in the middle of the service, singing songs. I like Christ is enough. A Bible verse I really like is Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. I'm excited to have a better relationship with Jesus. I saw my cousin Tyler and another kid, almost my age, get baptized. And then that inspired me to get baptized. It's a symbol that shows you follow Jesus. I have learned a lot at church. Um, I want to keep learning more. I know Jesus has good plans for my life. My name is Landon Bernie. I'm excited to be baptized. wrap it up now. Oh man, isn't that awesome? So Landon, come on up. Let's get in the tank. And I'd like to also invite his mom, Amanda, as she's going to read an encouragement for him. Thankfully, I've watched that video a few times, so I'm not bawling right now. <laughs> so Landon, we are so proud of you for taking this step today. It's been really amazing seeing God at work in your life. Even from a really young age, you were always interested in God. Um, when my kids were babies, I started taking just notes in my phone rather than writing in a baby book because I knew I would lose it or not do it. Move over, okay. And um, so anyways, when you were really little, you were probably like four, you were feeling nervous about preschool and I wrote this in my phone. I forgot I had written this down. You said, I was a bit nervous for preschool, but then I prayed to Jesus and he poured his love into my heart. So I love how you, even from a really young age, you felt God's presence with you. And I think we've all witnessed that. Your, your grandparents and your, your friends and family have witnessed that in you. When, there was a when you were a baby, there was a verse I chose to pray over you, and I've actually had it up in your room ever since. I don't know if you ever read it. But it was a bit of a reminder to myself and to you, and it goes like this. It's from Corinthians 2, verse 9. It says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. 
I cannot wait to see what God does in and through your life, buddy. Making the decision to follow Jesus is the most important step you'll ever take, and we're so happy you've made the decision to share your faith through the step of baptism. Life with Jesus is an amazing adventure, and we're so excited to witness all that he does in your life. We love you. All right, buddy. I'm so excited for this. So I just, I'm going to ask him a few questions so that he can profess publicly um, his faith in Jesus. So do you believe that Jesus is God and that he came and lived on this earth, died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins and rose again? Yes. And have you asked Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and are committed to following him? Yes. And is it your intention to live a new life because of your faith in Jesus? Yes. Well then, Landon, because of your profession of faith in Jesus, it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man, what a night. This is exciting. This is, uh, it's been the highlight um, of my time here at the well. I've got the best job ever. Um, and I love hearing Olivia saying that, no, she has the best job ever. Um, man, we're, we're blessed to have her. But this, this isn't just the highlight of my life here at the well. This is the highlight of my ministry career or just even life in general. Like to be a dad and to get to baptize your son is just incredible. And then, I grew up in a Baptist tradition, so we take baptism very seriously. And when I went through baptism, I had to go through a whole class, and I need to make sure that I checked off all the, the dots and the boxes, the whole bit. So when Landon first asked me, I'll admit, I was like, are you old enough for this? But I didn't tell him that, because I didn't want to, to take the wind out of his sails. But I'm like, oh. but then to hear his heart, and just that childlike faith, and that's what Jesus is saying that, that he wants from us. It's just this childlike faith and just belief in him. And, and I just, there was no way that I couldn't not do it because he just has a love so real and sincere and just wants to know Jesus. So when we were back changing, I just said, how was that? And he's like, that was so cool. And I'm just like, nice. Like, I love it. But you see, I, I want to remind all of us, myself included, that joy or Christian joy is more than just happy feelings. And I'm actually leaning on some of the BibleProject.com's Advent series where they speak about, uh, about joy and the theme of it. And I actually think I used the video in one of our Advent series not too long ago. But joy is a key theme that runs throughout the whole story of the Bible. So what are some of the sources of joy? Well, on page one of your Bible, God says that he created the world and the world was good. And it was very good. So people find joy in, in beauty. They, they find joy in the good things of life. The poet of Psalm 104 says that a good bottle of wine is God's gift to bring joy to people's hearts. My parents might not agree with that one, but I go with God. <laughs> 
we find joy at weddings. We find joy in our children. But for those of us who've spent any amount of time living on planet Earth, we know that human history is not a joy fest. It's not all rainbows and butterflies and living on cloud nine. The biblical story shows us that we also live in a fallen world, a corrupt world, a world where the peace and harmony that God desires for the world isn't there. It's been disrupted, and, and we've had a part to play in that it, through our selfishness, through putting our wants before God's. It's a world that's marked by death and loss. But this is where biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. You see, throughout the pages of Scripture, we find that joy is an attitude God's people adopt, not because of the happy circumstances, but because of their, their hope in God's love and his promises. We see throughout the Old Testament that the joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. Even when they went through the exodus and they they leave, they escape the slavery, but they're in the middle of the wilderness and the desert, there's still this joy because they've been rescued, but they're also looking ahead to where God is taking them. They choose joy by anticipating and looking to God's love and promises for their future redemption. And this is why it's significant that when Jesus was born, it was announced as good news that brings great joy. And then after Jesus' death and resurrection, which we just celebrated a few weeks ago at Easter, Jesus told his followers to go out and announce the good news that he was the risen king of the world. So a world that's marked by death and suffering has now been conquered by a king who has conquered death. And his followers did. They went out and they told everyone they could. And do you know what? The early Christian communities were known for being full of joy, even while they were being persecuted. They had this deep-rooted sense of joy. I'm reminded of a story that our DS recently shared, Ian Trigg, when he was out west in Alberta, and he met with this lady who was on her deathbed. She was in her 90s, and she uh, wanted to have communion with the pastor. So he came, and he brought her communion, and they began singing some songs together. And as death was getting closer, as I believe he shared that she had cancer, and that was eating away at her body as well, She lifted up her arms and her hands to praise Jesus and worship him. Have you ever experienced that before? Someone just going through deep sorrow, suffering, but yet they just have this joy about them that you would never guess if you didn't know what they were going through. Man. The early Christian community, they called this the joy of faith or joy in the Lord, because they knew that outside of their happy feelings, of the good fortunes that were happening, whatever, the ebbs and flows, it was the Lord who gave them joy. Because you see, following Jesus brings us joy. Jesus promised to those who followed him that he would give them the gift of his Holy Spirit to be with them forever. And a sign of Jesus' presence with you through the Holy Spirit is that you produce joy, 
That's what we're going through in this Fruit of the Spirit series, is what are our lives producing? What, what are we growing? What do people pick up around us? Do they sense a spirit of joy? Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 22, reads, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we follow Jesus and keep in step with the Spirit to be able to produce these fruit? Well, it's by keeping his commands. Jesus says in John's Gospel, chapter 5, where he says, I am the true vine. And he's telling his disciples to stay connected with him. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Stay connected to me. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus wants us to have this life marked by love, peace, joy, hope. But in order to tap into this life that he's created for us, we need to follow him and keep his commands. And baptism is, is one of the ways he's commanded us to follow him. And look how much joy it's brought us tonight. It, it brought Landon so much joy, and he's been looking forward to it all day today. And actually, I'm not sure if I even shared this. He just turned eight today. Today's his eighth birthday. So he was even excited to be like, Dad, like this is going to be like my second birthday on my eighth birthday or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, wow, you're right. <laughs> I just love the joy that it's brought us because joy is shared. Joy isn't just something that we keep to ourselves and no one else knows. Like, when you're joyful about something, those around you know. Like, you're excited to share it. Other people's joy can bring us joy. The joy of an eight-year-old boy and his family has brought you here to share in the moment. And this is why we actually gather each week as a church we come together to celebrate and are reminded of God's love and promises for us, to be topped back up with joy after sometimes a tough week has just beaten the joy out of us. Some weeks are harder than others, but you know what? It's usually on the hard weeks that we need it all the more, that we need to rub shoulders with those who are joyful, to be reminded of the hope that we have. Yes, that's right, like, we all, we've all been through this two-week going on, two-year pandemic. Like, we can get in our heads and just spiral. But then as soon as restrictions would ease and we were allowed to, like, reunite with friends, there was just so much joy coming back together. And at first, we set up this year as a circle and had circle church for a while, and that brought joy. And then we were able to set up for Easter in the regular church style, and that brought joy. And then we could celebrate Landon's baptism. And it's, this is why we gather, to keep encouraging one another, to keep spurring each other on. And for those of us who are joyful, well, we need you to come and bring in some of that joy. Rub shoulders with those of us who are struggling and down because, again, we're not meant to do life alone. Life is better together. And just as I said earlier, that baptism isn't just for you, it's for the church. Worship gatherings aren't just for you, it's for the church. 
We all need one another so that our faith can be encouraged, so that we're regularly brought back to the cross where Jesus not only died for our sins, but is alive and with us. I love the fact that we can have an online ministry, that we can broadcast this and stream it so family can tune in and people can watch or if they're not feeling well. But I will also admit, I have a love-hate relationship with it. So I was actually going to do a a series back in January on ecclesiology. What is the church? And I was going to get rid of the live stream to make people have to come back to church and like come in and and then COVID ruined that yet again. So, (laughs) but the reason I have such a hard time with it is because if there were a hundred people watching online, but only five people in here, it's hard to kind of create that joy. Whereas if a hundred people were in here and five people were watching online, there'd be an energy. There's buzzing in there. And you're like, whoa, something's different. And that's the love-hate relationship. I'm so glad we can offer it, but there's something about coming together as the body of Christ that just spurs us on and does something within us and helps us to keep persevering what life is bringing. And that's why it's so important to prioritize meeting regularly for worship, to, enc- to continue encouraging one another. So I'm not harping on the onliners here, but uh, we're glad to have you. But we'd love to have you part of this as well. But lastly, joy is an attitude of hope. It's a posture of hope. It's the attitude that God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promises that have been fulfilled in the person of Jesus. You see, Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' life and love. And what does this mean for you? Well, I pray that it's a reminder that you can love and follow Jesus and be a lot of fun. And here's the catch. Tell every Christian you know, because I think many of us need a reminder. (laughs) Seriously, I think sometimes we just take ourselves so seriously and we want to make sure we get it right. But Jesus is saying, I want you to experience joy, my joy. I'm going back just to let Trevor know on the slides. I don't have this, but in, John, in John's gospel, chapter 15, Jesus says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is saying, I want you to have life and life to the full and life marked by joy. I want you to cherish it and enjoy it and do something with it. But sometimes we then put on our serious face and we're like, well, we can't have that much fun with it. Yes, you can. Let's go out and share it. This is what biblical joy is all about. So what's your next step in faith? I want to leave with a challenge to just ask each of you, what's your next step? What is God inviting you to do, asking you to do, nudging you to do? Do you need to surrender your life to Jesus, start a relationship with him, place your trust in him and say, Yeah, you're not first in my life, but I want you first. 
Well, you can do that. Do you need to take your next step in faith and follow Jesus in the, the waters of baptism? I have said to many times, I will bring this tub here every week if there's a baptism. It uh, it's, wasn't as easy as I thought to bring it in, but I had the help of Trevor. <laughs> but uh, do you need to commit coming back to the regular rhythms of gathering together in Christian community for fellowship? Or for those of you who have walked the Christian journey for a while and you're doing well, you're in a good groove, maybe you simply just need to pray for the rest of us. <laughs> and just journey alongside us, mentor us, share what you've learned. I once spoke at a senior's breakfast down in Stony Creek, and my challenge to them was, don't hang up your skates. We need you. We need to learn from you. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I want to just take a moment now, and I just want everyone to just simply ask, Jesus, what do you want to say to me tonight? Ask him about what the next step he wants for you. And after a brief moment of silence, I'll pray and then lead us in communion. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the gift of your son, for the gift of my son, and the joy that they bring to our lives. But God, it is your son that produces the greatest joy of all in our lives. And I pray that wherever people are at tonight, that they commit themselves to following you that we pray for one another, that we commit to coming back together and being with one another and doing life together. God, I pray that you will use the testimony of Landon to encourage us, to spur us on to good works. And Father, may we leave here tonight in a better relationship with you than when we came in. In your name we pray. Amen.